scripture reading this evening will be taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. If you're using one of the Red Pew Bibles, that can be found on page 812, 812. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. It's good to see you this evening. I preached quite a while last week, so I thought I'd preach a shorter lesson this week, if you don't object. This week is, um, they, they say there's cold weather coming, and I know a lot of people are putting things over their plants and have concerns about being out on the roads and things like that. Just a little bit briefer lesson as a result of some of that. And I'm trying to be kind to you too, not always a lengthy lesson every Sunday night. We've read this past week, the latter part of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We read this week, chapter 6 and 7. And it occurs to me that not only does the Sermon on the Mount deal with how we speak to God in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, how we offer our prayers up to God and the way that we ought to address Him and the things that concern us and what ought to be on our minds as we pray, that's us speaking to God. But the Sermon on the Mount also deals with how God speaks to us. And at the end of the sermon, in the passage that Paul just read a moment ago in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27, the way the sermon concludes is by Jesus saying, whoever hears these words of mine, this sermon that I've just preached, if you hear these words and you do them, you're like a man who builds his house on a rock. It's a solid foundation. When you listen to my words and do them, Jesus says, but if you hear my words and do not do them, It's like a man who builds his house on sand. If you've been to the beach and you've watched the erosion that happens at the beach, you would not want to build your house right on the water because it's unstable and your house will not remain there very long. And Jesus says, that's what it's like to listen to my words, but not to do them. Tonight, the lesson is how to listen to a sermon. Because God speaks to us through his word and his word is communicated in preaching and teaching. Certainly God's word is communicated as we read and as we study for ourselves, but it's also communicated to our hearts when we have events like this where we worship God and where we hear from his will. How am I, how are you supposed to listen when it comes to a lesson from God's word? You know, some people listen to a lesson and they just want to know, what can I argue with? Some people listen to a lesson and they want to be impressed by the preacher and how eloquent he is or how he turns a phrase. Some people listen to a lesson and all they really want is for it to be over. 
Hence, short sermons sometimes for wise preachers. People listen to lessons for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different ways. But what does God want us to do as we listen to a sermon? Jesus said in a couple of places, things like this. When you listen to God's word, take heed what you hear. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Not everything we hear is healthy or good for us. Not everything we listen to is beneficial to our soul. So take heed, pay attention to what you are hearing, Jesus would argue. Not only that, but Jesus says, Christian, take heed how you hear. The Hebrews writer says in Hebrews chapter 5 that his brethren had become dull of hearing. And it's possible that you could come to a worship service like this and you could get a handout and you could diligently take notes week after week after week. It's possible that you could do all that and you could even repeat back what has been said in the lesson and yet Jesus would say there's something lacking in how you're hearing, in, in the way that you're listening to my words. There's something lacking there. So the question is, how should we listen to a sermon? Three points for you to consider, and all this is loosely based on what Jesus says about hearing and obeying his words in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. How does Jesus want us to listen to a sermon? Number one, Jesus wants us to listen not just for information, but transformation. Sorry, this is not your first point. I apologize. He wants us to listen not just for information, but for transformation. He wants us to be changed by what we hear. He wants us to be transformed by the word as it gets into our lives because the word is essential for our growth as Christians. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, 1 Peter 2 verse 2. It's essential to maturity. We don't grow up unless we're listening regularly to God's word. We become dull of hearing, Hebrews 5. It's essential to our usefulness in God's kingdom. We want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so, listening to God's Word and listening to it well, this is a skill that we can develop. It's something that we can get better at. Now, number one, sometimes I forget there's a slide there that it just, it, it was there and it just slipped my mind that it was there. All right, with all that in mind, number one, how should I listen to a sermon? Here you go. Number one, when you hear a sermon, you and I ought to listen for just one thing. And what do you mean by that, John? I mean that as you listen to a sermon, most of the time, the sermons that you will hear preached, they have a theme, they have a focus, they have a main point, something that the preacher is trying to accomplish through this lesson. Ideally, that's what every sermon ought to do. And so if you read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, there's a central theme. You know what the central theme of the Sermon on the Mount is? Righteousness, discipleship, serving Jesus Christ. What does that look like? That's the central theme of the Sermon on the Mount. What does Jesus want me to do as I read the Sermon on the Mount? He wants me to be righteous. He wants me to serve him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so the question as I'm listening to a sermon is this, what's the one thing that God is saying in this lesson? What's the one thing that God wants me to do? First Samuel chapter three, verse nine, the little boy Samuel, remember he was hearing the voice at night, Samuel, Samuel, and he kept getting up and going to Eli and Eli said, I, I don't know, I don't know what's, what you're hearing. And finally Samuel says, this little boy, speak Lord, your servant hears. That's a great attitude to come to a sermon possessing. 
I want to hear what God says to me. I want to listen to what he is saying through his word. What do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do as a result? What is the one thing that God wants me to do as a result of what I'm hearing from his word? When you listen to a sermon, you need to be asking those kinds of questions. Sometimes the lessons you hear are not going to have a central theme. Sometimes those of us who preach, all of us have done it, we're a little bit scattered. We're all over the place. Have you ever heard a lesson and you say, I don't know what the preacher was trying to accomplish. He was all over the place. He went everywhere preaching the word. All right, so what do you do in a sermon like that? What he says is true, Listen for one thing. What's one thing, even though I'm not following, I'm not tracking with the preacher, but what's one thing as I'm listening to this lesson that God would have me to do, to change, to believe, to say as a result of what I'm hearing. Listen for just one thing. This does a couple of things. It helps us from becoming a little overwhelmed because lessons and sermons have a lot of information in them. All of them do, and that's a good thing. The Sermon on the Mount has a lot of information, but it also helps us to not become so overwhelmed that we can miss doing anything. Sometimes people get so overwhelmed that they say, I'll just, I don't know what to do, and so they never start. God would have us listen for one thing and then put it into practice in our lives. And here's the principle. Brothers and sisters and friends, God's word is powerful. If we would just take a verse or a passage or a thought that we receive from God's word, if we would just take that and we'd put it into practice, we'd apply it, that word has power. James 1.21 calls it the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Romans 1.16, it's powerful unto salvation for everyone who believes and then obeys what it says. So as you're listening to a sermon, listen for one thing. And maybe the thing you hear and the thing that you listen to is not necessarily the main thing Every once in a while, that's okay. Don't make a habit of that. But every once in a while, that's okay. But what's the one thing I'm hearing that resonates, that I know I need to understand and I need to put into practice in my life? Listen for that one thing. And then number two, when you find that one thing in the lesson you're hearing, do it. Don't just walk out of the church building and forget. Don't just walk out of wherever you're listening to a lesson and all of a sudden just amnesia takes over. Do what you've heard and what you know God wants you to do. James 1.22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I believe, brothers and sisters, that I believe a lot of Christians listen week after week after week to sermons but there's very, very little of what they're hearing that gets put into practice in their lives. And the reason is because there's a lack of intentionality. There's a lack of us listening with the question, what's the thing that God wants me to do as a result of what I'm hearing? And then putting it into practice. And James says, when you do that habitually, you're gonna end up self-deceived because you're gonna know up here a whole lot about the truth. But when it comes to living it in your life, not so much. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, what did Jesus say? He commended those who hear these words of mine and do them. And the one who hears and does not do them, that's the man who builds his house upon the sand and the rains fall and the floods rise and great was the fall of that man's house. 
Do what you know God wants you to do as a result of the lesson you hear. Galatians 6 verse 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. When you listen to a lesson, we ought to ask the question, what is the seed that God wants me to plant as a result of this lesson? Sometimes a lesson that we hear is about our beliefs. Sometimes the lessons we hear are about our convictions, about what we really believe to be true. And sometimes the response is, I'm going to stop believing what I believe and I'm going to start believing what the Bible says. Sometimes that's the best one thing that you can do with a lesson. Sometimes the, what, the response to a lesson is, I need to change my attitude. In some area of my life, I've heard something from God's word and that's the one thing I'm gonna do this week. I'm gonna change my attitude as a result of what I've heard. Sometimes it's a matter of getting busy and doing something that we're not right now. Sometimes the response is to stop doing what we are doing. Things that we know are sinful, we know are wrong, but we do them anyway. Stop it as a result of what you hear from God's word because we want to be doers and not hearers only. So listen for the one thing and do it. Put it into practice in your life. And then this third, if you want to listen to a sermon, do it and do not give up doing it. Sometimes God's word presents alternatives to how we're doing things and it says, this is the way, that's not the way. The way that you're doing things is wrong, the way God says to do things is right. And sometimes we'll say, okay, I am going to respond to God's word by doing what God says is right. And so we go home and we try it. A man and his wife were having a lot of contention in their marriage and the preacher talked about marriage and he said, Husbands ought to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And he made the application, we ought to be kind to our wives because Christ is kind to the church. This man who's having trouble in his marriage went home and he thought, I'm going to be kind to my wife. And he tried it for a little while and his wife just blew up and kept acting angry and mean-spirited towards him. And he thought, well, I tried it. It didn't work. I give up. I've tried God's way. I've I've accomplished uh, what, what the preacher told me I ought to do. I give up. Do not give up. A lot of what God's word has to say is about sowing seeds that do not bear fruit for a long time and we may never see the fruit of some of the seeds that we plant. A lot of obedience to God's word is about changing our hearts and our character and that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen quickly. And the reason why you continually over and over repeatedly do what God says to do is because there is wisdom and there is grace and there is mercy from God in doing what he says and not giving up. Seed takes time to produce fruit. Luke 8, 11 speaks about how the word of God is a seed that's planted in our lives, in our hearts, and yet it doesn't spring up overnight. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. There was a lot of teaching that went on there in Corinth before the increase was seen. Seed takes time. Don't give up. God's commandments are not optional. Don't give up. God says this is the right way. That's the right path. Do what God says. This is not cafeteria approach to religion. This is not, I'm going to take this if it seems like it works for me. God says, do my word, do what I've said. First Corinthians 15 verse 58 speaks about how we ought to be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because we know even if we don't see fruit, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. And third, as we think about not giving up, some things, brothers and sisters, just have to be done over and over and over again. 
It's like lifting weights. It's like learning to run a marathon. You just have to do it repetitively over and over and over again. And what happens is slowly but surely over time, as we do God's will, as we change our hearts and minds to conform to what his word says, as we repent into the will of God repeatedly in our lives, suddenly we wake up one morning and there's a Christ-like character there. Suddenly we wake up one morning and we look in the mirror and we're not who we used to be. And it didn't happen overnight. It happens in long, steady, faithful obedience to God's word. So how do you listen to a sermon? Listen for the one thing that God wants me to hear. Do it and don't give up. If you would do that, if you would put that into practice in your life, you'll never listen to a sermon quite the same way. And you'll also find that this is not just about filling my head with information. It's about transformation in my life. And my prayer for you and my prayer for your family is that in 2024, as we listen to God's word being preached together, my prayer is that there will be transformation in all of our lives to be more like Jesus, to show faithfulness to him and to bring more souls to him as a result. Listen carefully to what God's word teaches. Maybe you're here tonight, you need to obey the gospel, or maybe you're here and you'd like to respond and ask for prayers. If we can help you with one of those needs, now is the time. Make your way forward while together we stand and while we sing.